I'm Leila McKenzie, and this is Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the fortnightly podcast where I interview the most inspirational and successful thought leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help educate, motivate, and inspire others to make the world a better place. Welcome to the show. And today, I am delighted to be joined by the fantastic Alexandra Watson. Alexandra is the editor-in-chief of the fastest-growing digital publication, Shine UK magazine. She's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and leadership expert for women in business. Alexandra is the go-to person for top business women, celebrities, performers, and entrepreneurs on success issues from everything from confidence and performance challenges through to business growth and empowerment. Recently, Alexandra was named as one of the top 20 business icons in Exceptional People magazine. Additionally, she's been praised by Dr. John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, which I'm sure you all have heard of, and has coached Leona Lewis on The X Factor. She's also been featured in all of the top national media and is a regular guest on BBC Radio. Having trained thousands of women for over 25 years, Alexandra is currently filming a documentary about women and their challenges as we speak. So, Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very excited. Good stuff. I am delighted to have you. And I'm so excited to speak with you because, oh my goodness, you have got so many things that you have done, so many accolades, you know, so many exciting projects on the go at the moment. So um, for all of our listeners who who know you, I'm sure from what they've read just as well as as I do, tell us what you've been up to recently and, and kind of some of the projects that you are managing and driving forward at the moment. Right. Well, yes, as as you did mention, I am at the moment filming a documentary about women. And that came about because with a magazine, what I've been doing for the last three years, because the magazine is three years old, is interviewing women. I mean, senior women, some fantastic role models and uh, making them visible for everybody to see, to to really get the story behind their success and, and how they've developed these amazing careers. And as I've been speaking to them, and of course, like you say, I've been around a while, 25 years of working with women anyway. (laughs) Um, I think I I, kind of think I know women really well in terms of um, what they want, how they tick, and also how they hold themselves back. So I think it was last year we had the 100-year anniversary of the vote that, you know, most women got the vote 100 years ago last year. And it got me thinking, and in fact, I wrote an article in it about what we've achieved since that 100 years. And I was very sort of surprised almost to realize that it actually wasn't a great deal. When you looked at it chronologically, I thought, really, is that all as far as we've come in that time? So I thought, you know, what are the challenges mainly for women? And I decided to pull together all the bits and pieces that I've gathered over the years and sort of put together a scenario that with questions as to what are our challenges today as a woman in our careers and what kind of things do we look for and how are we holding ourselves back and indeed sometimes holding each other back as women. So all these types of questions were coming up and I thought, you know what, I think a magazine is a great platform, but I think also film is a great platform for women. And I wanted something incredibly visible and um, something that can really stand out so women can look at this 
uh, documentary and learn maybe from it or resonate with some of the stories. So we've got some great people involved. We're Like I say, we're really in the throes of uh, filming bits and pieces of it. So it's an ongoing project that will be hopefully all done and dusted by the end of the year. So, you know, I'll be back again to tell you all about it when we've got it more finished. But that's one of the things we're doing. But my passion really is about the advancement of women. And it always has been. It's been a natural thing for me. I've always worked with women, the books that I write and that everything that I do is about the advancement of women. And for me, I wanted to really now, with all the talk that's going on about gender pay gap and what I believe is a gender training gap and the lack of senior women in roles and women on boards and all those kind of things, the diversity and inclusion, all this this stuff that's going on for women, I thought, well, what can I do to help with this? Uh, What can I bring to the table? What door can I open for women? So, of course, the magazine is part of that. But I thought there's more to be done. So I thought I wanted to look at leadership for women and the training involved. I mean, by nature, I am, uh, and by, I think I was one of, this is how old I am. I was I think I was one of the yeah. first, yeah, yeah. I was one of the first UK coaches, female coaches in the country. And so I've been in coaching for a long time. I don't call myself strictly a coach. I think coaching is a fantastic tool, but it's definitely not the only thing that I do. But I still have that kind of coach head on me as to how far can we get? How can we progress? this. I'm always thinking uh, solution-based thought. So what I wanted to do was bring uh, together some, what I would say, sort of the top leadership training elements that I've learned over the years, because I'm a sucker for personal development. I'm a sucker for (laughs) the gurus who are out there. What do they know? And I sort of want want to drain their brain and then pick that. And what I do, I suppose, a hunter-gatherer, I get the best bits of stuff and put it all together. So that's what I've done. And um, so leadership training for women now is my passion and uh, wanting to really advance women by giving them the tools that they need to get out of their own way and to surpass the society and the culture that is there at the moment that is not always the great environment for women getting ahead. Fantastic. And just for all of our listeners who are tuning in to this podcast, what are the marked differences, I suppose, that you have noticed over the many years coaching between women and men and the way they think, the way they operate? You know, I know you talked before about the really kind of the visible presence and how this can resonate in the films and um, Mm -hmm. of course through the various kind of coaching pieces and leadership pieces you've done. Are there significant marked differences between us and men? Yes, very much so. I think on a the the fundamental difference between men and women is that we think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Men think in compartmental like ways. So Mm -hmm. uh, one topic at a time is the easiest Mm -hmm. way to sort of say that. That is a simplistic way of being. And that's why we have communication issues with men. Mm -hmm. Because when they're watching sport, they are watching sport. God love them, but they're watching sport. When they're eating, they're eating. So it it is not that they are simple in any way. Of course not. That's not what I'm saying. But the way that they think is very different. Now, this is... Obviously, stuff that I got literally from men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know, Dr. the wonderful Dr. John Gray. And he opened this research out and, and discovered bringing other research in from years gone by of this is how men and women are. We are very different. But 
spiritually, of course, we're on a deeper level, we're all the same. But at this level, of the level of thought, we're very different. So what women do is the opposite. We put it all in the same pot. Um, so if we're thinking about eating, we're also thinking about something else and something else and something else. And this is why this is so important Absolutely. in the career. Yeah, indeed. In the career. Because when I was coaching entrepreneurial women a few years back, what I found is that you could not separate the woman from the business. It, the business was an integral part of who she was, and it was it, it was like in, in her blood. So it, you couldn't suddenly say, right, you know, we're not going to think about business anymore. We're going to think about this. It is all part and parcel of everything that a woman is. She, she brings everything that's important to her life into her thought at any given time. So when it comes to careers, it's the same thing. We are different in our thinking. Obviously, we have other challenges like you know, uh, family and, and spending time in the right places. And sometimes we have to take career breaks and all that kind of thing. That adds to the complexity of this issue of leadership. But also, we have this fundamental issue of, are we good enough? Am I enough? Am I worthy enough? Am mm-hmm. I ready? And all these things, women come from that place sometimes. Men, not so much. They seem to sort of risk more in the sense of, yeah, I'm ready. I'll learn as I go. But women really want to know a lot before they would start something. So it's really the leadership nuances are really important for the individual. So if I was training a man, it would be a very different approach than if I was training a woman. Fascinating. For leadership, yes. There's a lot of emotional elements we need to address and to bolster before we would move a woman forward. I believe totally that, you know, any success is based on a person's self-esteem and self-esteem can only be built upon when you do a lot of personal development. You work upon yourself in order to be the best version of you. Absolutely. I mean, that resonates so, so much with me. It really does. I completely right. concur with you saying that success is is built on self-esteem. And also, mm. um, you know, I chuckled before because I kind of, you know, as I'm sure everyone else is whilst they're listening to this, thinking of if it's women or, you know, kind of men, you know, thinking about their other halves and <laughs> how you mm. talk about the compartmentalized piece yes. where, <laughs> you know, if if they're doing one thing, they're doing one thing. That's um, it. You know, whilst we're kind of buzzing about thinking, oh, business and this meeting, and then, you know, thinking about, um, you know, organizing something at the weekend whilst thinking Absolutely. about this and this and this and mm. this and this, you know, it's kind of this, this frenzy, or at least I, that's what I have at home with, with my fiance, bless him. Right. I think I drive <laughs> up the wall sometimes, um, <laughs> buzzing about talking about business um, when it should be downtime. But you're absolutely right. When you have that entrepreneurial piece, mm-hmm. I guess, in your blood, Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult to separate that from the personal life and the business life. You know, it's much, yeah, much- it, it is. And we do, as women, hold ourselves back. Like I said, this need almost to be ready and uh, validation to come from the outside rather, rather from the inside out is, is a big bugbear. Because I think when I've been, you know, working with women for such a long time, I really thought, oh God, nothing's changed in that time. Women are still the same. Okay, there's a lot more personal development out there and there's a lot more books. Goodness knows there are tons more books on happiness and all that type of thing, which is fantastic. But there's more, of course, with everything online, there's so much more accessibility to these things. But fundamentally, women are still in that same place of am I enough? And so I think it's very much my role, no matter what medium I'm using, whether it's a magazine, a film, uh, a podcast like Your Good Self or anything like that, it is to 
help women understand who they really are, really how powerful they are. They are ready. They are more than enough. And, and to allow themselves, that thing that's the key word, allow themselves to be all that they can be without waiting for this, waiting for permission, waiting for validation and all this type of thing that we tend to do. We are people pleasers by our nature because we're nurturing mm. by our nature and we care a lot about what people think and about what people think of ourselves. And those are obstacles to us, to be honest. Um, that's when a, a beautiful part of us, like I say, this nurturing side of us can actually hold us back. And it's just mm-hmm. building that self-awareness around those things, mm-hmm. but also strengthening from within. Leadership's got to come from within. I believe, like anybody, leadership is not assertion. It is inspiration. It's got to be inspirational. Otherwise, it's not leadership. Absolutely. I think you've got to command leadership and not demand it. And I think that it's not necessarily a male thing. This is something that... You, Massive. Oh, I love that. Command, not demand. That's brilliant. Indeed. It's got to be um, something that you, we all innately have it within us, let's put it that way, but sometimes it's buried a bit deep down um, under some kind of self-esteem stuff. And it's getting to that element and bringing and drawing that out. I mean, that's why I call the magazine Shine, because we all have that light within us. It's allowing ourselves to shine. That's the key. I couldn't agree more. You know, kind of really shining a spotlight, excuse the pun, shining the spotlight on ladies and supportive males and everything like that to actually help really encourage and spur on and champion those fabulous leaders who are out there. Mm -hmm. And I guess, again, you know, for all of our listeners, you know, what advice could you potentially give to women who are out there and also to men as well, you know, not to hold themselves back, really? Because I know you mentioned, you know, quite rightly so, there is kind of this, you know, this kind of a gender training gap piece there, isn't there? Yes, there is. It it is. I mean, the, the statistics are quite shocking, actually, when you look into them. I won't go into them now, but mm. I mean, if you have a little bit of research on those things, it is an, and I put it out there, I put the research out there in terms of, you know, showcasing it just to highlight these things to people to make them aware of the differences that there are. But in terms of actually giving a one piece of advice, I think that you really got to understand that success, like I say, is an internal journey. It is not necessarily something that's going to happen from outside influences. I think what people need to understand is in anything like this, the growth within determines everything that happens because once you have true and authentic confidence in who you are and what you're doing, then everybody else tends to play along with that. I always liken it to, you know, you teach people how to treat you. And we do that anyway, whether they're conscious of it or not. Um, mm-hmm. The way that the world is coming back to us is only because of what we're putting out there in the first place. So if you put out there a more confident you, a more secure in yourself, then you're going to see the reaction come back to you differently. And I think that's what happens sometimes. We get to a sort of a, a stage in our career is where we think, well, okay, can I get any further? Or looking for people around you to come towards you first Mm -hmm. in order to sort of put a growth in front of you or a promotion or something like that, when actually it's got to come from yourself first. It's got to be that drive within you that is backed up by the right amount of confidence and the right amount of self-assurity and creativity. And all those things can only come, uh, they're already in you, but they can only come out of you when you allow it and you let go of all this Mm self-doubt. So it's moving through life without self-doubt is the ideal. Mm -hmm. And I know that you talk a lot about this, you know, within your fantastic book, The Happiness System, which I think 
if I'm correctly, you're re-releasing it as well. I am. Um, it, it needs a, it, yes, it needs a re-edit. I mean, it's 2005 was initially when it was published. And of course, I look back at it fondly and go, wow, I think I need to update little bits. Not a lot. I mean, I think what I would say with the information in that book, it's a, it's a sort of combination of uh, ancient wisdom and sort of more new scientific research as well coming together. And that's what I did for that. But I think there's a little bit of an update to do because I've progressed since that time, or I'd like to think I have. I've, I've learned more than I... You seem I've to be more. progressing every single time I speak with you, frankly. <laughs> that's what it's about, right? I mean, it's nature to be growing uh-huh. constantly. If you're not growing, you're doing the opposite. So we uh-huh. want to grow, we want to be moving forward. And, and so, yeah, I'd like to go revisit that book and uh, add a few more bits and pieces to it. A lot's changed in my life personally, so I want to add that in as well and to to, to put it out, out there with a new front cover too because that needs a zhuzh. Um, so we're going to do zhuzh up. A little I think zhuzh, it's great. I a little think shinier it's cover than it's got already. But that's mm. it. You know, you look back at these things, you go, yeah, well, they've done it a little bit differently now and that's fine. But um, yeah, I'm going to uh, do that later on in the year. Fantastic. Well, we've all got that to look forward to. And you know, one little thing on that book, I just must say, I really love those kind of, those seven easy to follow steps that readers can kind of take themselves through. I know I kind of revert back to one of your earlier points about kind of having the drive within you and being able to actually release your true self almost. And then, you know, you go on this path to kind of finding happiness and hopefully, because mm-hmm. we're all searching for happiness, right? Hopefully we can, we can stop searching for that when we read the book as well. <laughs> well, it's not, yeah, um, this, when people go look at, I mean, this is interesting. Happiness is actually really hard to sell, especially in this country. Um, when I first came out with the whole happiness, and this is why I was on BBC Radio a lot talking about happiness, and especially Love it. And yeah, mm. and people were, you know, skeptical about happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's all over the place. I mean, you know, we have it in adverts, you know, release your happiness, book your holiday happiness, cat happiness. I mean, it's all happiness everywhere, which is fantastic. But initially, back in 2005, it was a hard thing to convince people that it was actually something that they too could have. Um, so when you get to uh, my sort of point, and I still make it today, so you don't find happiness, you just are happy. If you know what happiness feels like, which we all do, because we've all been happy at one point in time, that's all you have to recreate. It's like a rinse and repeat. And they have to get past the conditions that are outside of you in order to remain happy anyway. So uh, people have said to me, though, you know, for example, have you been sad in your life when things have happened? I said, yes, I'm sad, but I'm still fundamentally deep down a happy person. You know, we all have things that happen in our lives that are tragic or, you know, really uncomfortable or difficult. But it doesn't mean to say that you lose any sight of your happiness. And happiness should be more of a priority, I think, for people than it actually is. I think, especially in this country, we do tend to uh, think struggle is a badge of honor, when in fact it isn't. Um, And that's another thing I try and tell the people that I am coaching or the people I'm training or the people I'm speaking in front of is that there's there's no honor in struggle. There really isn't. And if we can give that up, we're a lot closer to happiness. I love that. That's a great, great quote. No honour in struggle. None at all. But we're led to believe that it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with hard work, but struggle is something else. 
You're absolutely right. You know, if happiness is the priority and happiness is at the core and that purpose to lead and to live in business and in life, you're absolutely right. There is no point if you are really genuinely struggling in continuing with that because that's then denting the the happiness core really, isn't it? Exactly. And we, we just tend to think that, oh, you know, we love sitting around over a cup of coffee and relaying to each other our tales of woe. Um, you know, it's harder for me. Oh, it was hard for me too. And, and this is tends to be something that seems to be the norm. And we go down these, this route of conversation, which is usually quite negative and impressing each other with our tragedies and our hard work and our struggles. And I think that it would be interesting to have a conversation that was based in something else, based actually on positivity and good things and progress, which is one of my juicy words, which I adore. Anything helps you progress and advance is stuff that gets me going and sparks me up. But we tend to be quite cynical and we tend to sort of poo-poo these types of things as being whimsical and almost woo-woo um, when actually not. Though It's fundamentally the core of what we should be doing. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, as a nation and I love, I feel, you know, I am British. No, ultimately, mm-hmm. but we are, bless us, we are a nation of moaners because we yes. love to have a moan, um, <laughs> don't we? It's kind of, but, but you are. <laughs> Is it working out for us? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> See where it got us. Well, oh God, exactly. Happy, happy, happy. Happy Happy is the new currency, and you know, like you say, you know, it's kind of you know, on your point of there there being no honour in struggle, and the norm is this kind of cup of coffee and cycle of negativity. Well, you know, negativity it it likes friends, doesn't it? And so then, you know, it's that negative bubble. Actually, you are totally right. If that happiness is at the core, and I guess you're surrounding yourself by happy positive people hence why I'm speaking to you right now you know actually it ultimately it bounces back yes. and makes you also feel happy and more purposeful in yourself yes you've got to also imagine what you're trading your time in for mm. I think that's a really important thing to always be self-aware of that is what am I trading my time in for because this is it you know whatever your beliefs are this is the one conscious life we're living. Whether there are others, I'm not sure. But I think that if you're just trading in your time, which is precious and something you can't get back, then what are you trading in for? Is it something that you're happy about? Is it something that you're in love with? Is it something that, you know, brings out all the passion in you and, you know, gets you fired up? If it's not that, then you probably could do with a quick look at it and see sort of more focus into what direction you want to be going in instead. And that would be interesting conversation to have with yourself. Most definitely. Mm. And hopefully that's something that everyone can take away with them from this podcast. So I invite all of our listeners to ask um, Alexandra's question, what am I trading my time in for? And if anyone would like to kind of, in fact, actually, if anyone would like to get in touch um, with with Alexandra and also myself, you know, do ping us a message because... Um, it would be great to know what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And another quick question. I've got a gazillion questions actually for you, Alexandra, <laughs> so I'll try not to make this an hour-long podcast. <laughs> but um, there was just a couple of quick questions that I really wanted to ask, um, you know, around the broader kind of areas of diversity and inclusion. And, um, you know, what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? It is a great question. And I think that it's such an interesting topic at the moment, of course, and and will be for some time. Um, But for me, it's all about thought leadership, you know. So if you want to be competitive uh, and stay innovative in the future, Mm -hmm. then you need diversity and inclusion. And that seems, to me, is the most simplistic 
solution <laughs> to future success. If you don't, then you get stale, you get stayed, you get stuck in your ways. And this group thought thing that happens, which can get companies into trouble, um, you know, as it has done mm-hmm. in the past. I think that it's not so much why, it's why not, yes. really. Why not? Wouldn't you rather have a wonderful array of different influences and thoughts and approaches and just cultures involved in what you're doing? Surely anybody with the slightest bit of intelligence would <laughs> see that as something positive. I'm, Completely. you know, just hashtag just saying. <laughs> Surely, surely that makes sense. If you can't see that, then I question whether you should be sat where you're sat, quite frankly. I think if you don't have it within you to see that diversity and inclusion is the way forward for competitive edge and growth, then really, I don't, I don't understand that the opposition of that. I don't understand why you wouldn't. Love it. I absolutely love that. Hashtag just saying. And, just saying. <laughs> and on that, actually, um, well, I say another question, actually something else that I would really love you to mention because I just think it's so fantastic. Tell me about the 2020 initiative. Ooh, yes. Now, this is me on my another soapbox that I have. Again, talking about this gender training gap that there yes. is um, in, a, in a lot of different places, but particularly uh, the UK as well, is that what I wanted to do with Shine UK magazine, like I say, it's all about the advancement of women, is to have 2020 women go through leadership training by the year 2020. So that initiative is really they're making it accessible for anybody who wants it. So it doesn't matter what culture you're living in, in terms of the the corporate environment you're in, whether they have it for you or not, we can give it to you. And we're giving it to you at cost. So what we're doing is sponsoring you through leadership training specifically for women. And we want as many women as we can. Like I say, we've got the 2020 women we want to go through this uh, training by the year 2020. So it is for us to just, we're covering, like I say, 90% of the cost. It's there for you if you want it. Like I say, it's very personal development based. It's not just about your brain. This is about your heart and soul and which is the way forward. That's real growth is, um, do you know why this is an interesting side question is, do you know why it's better to come from your heart and soul than your brain than just your academic side? Because fear lives in the mind. And so if you just come from your mind, you also got that a sidecar almost to your motorbike is fear, a parasitical element of our psyche that stops us. So if you are coming from your head all the time, in your head all the time, then that's where fear resides, literally. So if you come from your heart and soul, instead, fear is not there. So you're more powerful in terms of, you know, no, no holds barred. Wow. And the fear element just dissipates because it can't survive in that environment. It's all quite deep. And I do go deep. I love to go deep. I absolutely love that. You need to go deep. This is not an academic subject, is it? You're absolutely right. Everyone should be into philosophy. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's not exactly about, I mean, I see uh, uh, there are some fantastic leadership courses out there. Of course there are, and they're fantastic. But if you are just academically based with leadership, then how is that inspirational? It can't be. It's just academics. So you need to have the heart and soul of leadership about you and know how to come from that place within you that's inspirational in order to be a good leader. Otherwise, you're just 
learning a process like you would, you know, pass an exam that you did back in college. Uh, it's not the same thing. This is very much heart and soul leadership and it's transferable in terms of whatever we teach you is transferable in all of your life. So every element of your life will transform as well as just your career. Wow. So we want to get as many women through it as we can because we want to prove that it's accessible. Brilliant. And how, which I know I will summarize in just a moment before the end of the podcast, how people can kind of get in touch with you, but how can we find out more about the 2020 training? Is there a site that we can visit, any reading that we can do to find out more? Yeah, I've got a whole little pack on it that I can send people via email. So if they get in touch with me via email, I would just, you know, me and my team will whack it out to you to have a look and have a read through. And if you, if it resonates with you and you feel like, yep, this is something that I want to do and I need it and it's timely and it can help me, then, you know, it's an application form. It's a very simple one. Fill it in, get it back to us and we go from there. Fantastic. So in summary, um, and correct me if I've kind of missed anything out here, you know, obviously there is a, I mean, there's caboodles there of fantastic pearls of wisdom that I think that we can all take away and can learn from. But a couple of little pieces that I certainly have taken are that there is no honor in struggle. And, you know, we need to be kind of getting away from the cycle of negativity and making sure that we plunge ourselves into a circle of positivity and surround ourselves by positive and enthusiastic people that fear lives in the mind of the parasitical. And really, this is why we should be having the heart and soul at the core of our leadership and at the core of mm-hmm. our decisions as to whether to, to try and kind of try out new things, you know, come from the heart and soul and make sure that yeah. we put that first and try and push that fear to one side. Yes, because of this, you've made me just think of this actually with you summarizing that way brilliantly is that if we do come from that place that you've just described, then it surpasses everything that happens on the outside. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people do, unfortunately, is have the outside environment be the excuse for why they haven't moved forward or are stuck in some way or are waiting yeah. for something to happen. And I think that's the fundamental issue here yeah. is that it's got to come from within and you build up that. Well, you allow, I say it, it, there is an element of building up but because there's certain things you have to get over within yourself, but it's allowing that light to shine out from you. And then the outside environment changes. We tend to think of it the other way around. When it gets better on the outside, I'll feel better on the inside. But if you feel better on the inside, then the outside actually transforms as well. So people will treat you differently because you're coming from a different place and it's just how it works. So that's what I would say the most is that be fearless and be bold in who you are. Um, understand who you are. I think the oldest teaching on the planet from various different places throughout time and history has been know yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, know yourself in the way of who you really are, not who, you know, you might think you are. I've always, one of the things that I say to women more than anything is that you're more than you think you are. I mean, that seems if, you know, if I'm a, a person who says one thing, it's that more than every, you are much more than you think you are. And the, the process of discovery of who that person is, is, is a wonderful one. It's an, you know, a real breakthrough experience and transformational experience and something that I wish upon everybody to have. And not everybody is aware or indeed ready at the point to go into sort of take on this kind of 
commitment to being the best version of themselves. But if you are ready, and I think you just feel it, you know, you have that gut feeling that you're ready, or you're already looking at personal development, or you already got some questions in your mind, and you're looking for books or people to answer those questions for you, then you're ready. You're ready for this transformation. You're ready for this next level of awareness and knowing who you are. And that's a wonderfully exciting place to be. So if you're not ready yet, get ready. (laughs) Hurry up. It takes as long as you let it. And, And if you are ready, move, move fast, move swiftly, go for it. Don't stop. Don't look behind you. Don't wait for people to say, yes, you've got permission or validation. Just go for it and grab it and move forward as quickly as you can. Because success loves speed. Sorry, that last piece, you said success. Loves speed. Success loves speed. What a great note to end podcast on. I think that's absolutely fabulous. And oh my goodness, I'm feeling so motivated and inspired now. I feel like I can go out (laughs) and take on the world. (laughs) Alex, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited as well to hopefully be involved as well in the um, the 2020 um, marathon that you're going on. And also <laughs> for when you relaunch the book and also when you launch the film series as well. The film as well. Yes, absolutely. Everything. Just as a quick wrap up, um, so now that we're kind of yep. coming to the end of our time for today, how can we find you and what are the best email addresses and websites that we can visit. And I will make sure that for all of our listeners, these are going to go into the show notes at the end of the episode today. Great. Well, I think it's one simple uh, one-stop shop really is an email. So that is success at shineukmagazine.com. So I'll repeat that. It's success at shineukmagazine.com. Perfect. Thank you so, so very much, Alexandra. My pleasure. For coming on the show today. My name is Leila McKenzie and you've been listening to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the podcast. Please do subscribe via Apple or you can subscribe on Stitcher as well for free. We would be so grateful as well if you would kindly give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed the show. Look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Bye.